0: All right, everybody, welcome back to Sky High Sports and Entertainment for this week's Oscars special, where I'm going to get you prepared for the Oscars. But first, we're going to have a little bit of sports with some of the top NFL stories. And then, as always, Skylar Swishes, the top three NBA stories of the week with an anniversary special to get you into the Oscars portion, where I'm going to prepare you for the Oscars this weekend by recapping all of the 10 best picture nominees in roughly one to two minutes. So let's get right into it here. First up in the NFL, the big news is that Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers quarterback, Super Bowl MVP, four-time MVP, has had conversations with the New York Jets about joining them. What's really ironic about this is that his Super Bowl winning quarterback predecessor with the Packers, Brett Favre, actually went to the New York Jets after retirement from the Packers. So what's going to be really interesting is if Aaron Rodgers follows him just like he came off the bench For Brett Favre to start his career. The Jets are actually a really interesting team because they have the third best defense in the NFL and they have a great receiving core. So I think Aaron Rodgers could actually go over there and make some noise. This is a really interesting storyline to follow. And the sleeper story attached to this is Odell Beckham Jr. does not have a team yet. He's played in New York. So will he go to the Jets similar to the Tom Brady on the Bucks effect where veterans players start following him so I think that's something else to watch that's my sleeper story is that uh, watch out for Odell going to the Jets if Aaron Rodgers goes there but I think that Rodgers going to the Jets is going to be really really interesting and that I think it will happen Next, to finish off NFL, we have the Chicago Bears leaning towards moving their number one pick, according to Adam Schefter. And I think the best quarterback and the best player in the draft this year is Bryce Young. He has incredible arm talent, incredible accuracy, decision-making, a highly intelligent player, and he is coached by the college football coach and GOAT, Nick Saban, who recently coached Tua Tagovailoa and recent Super Bowl quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who took the eagles all the way to the super bowl so definitely watch out for that i think the indianapolis colts their owner jim ursay let it slip he likes bryce young so i think that he might uh, trade up and end up drafting bryce young at number one the indianapolis colts and that would be fun to watch that's all for nfl so let's get right into skyler's swishes and the first moment of the week is that kevin durant has debuted with the phoenix suns but My pick is his game Sunday against the Dallas Mavericks in a playoff rematch where KD leads the Suns to the win, hits an insanely clutch jumper with 11 seconds left over two defenders, including Kyrie Irving, and goes off for 37 points on 12 of 17 shooting. 17 shots for 37 points is insane efficiency. Kevin Durant can do it big wherever he goes and he's just that kind of player. He's unbelievable. I think the Suns are Absolutely, the favorites in the West. Kevin Durant, he's no Mikhail Bridges on defense. He's also no scrub. The Suns look like they can hold their own, and their offense is super powered. But shout out to Kevin Durant. Luca had a great game too with 34 points but just not enough so that's going to be a rivalry I would love to see these guys in a playoff series because Devin Booker went off for 36 and him and Luca had a heated moment which they do again this is quickly becoming one of the best most exciting rivalries in the NBA but my personal favorite story currently taking place in the NBA that happened last night at the time of this recording is the Los Angeles Lakers retiring Pau Gasol's jersey I grew up as a huge huge Los Angeles Laker and Kobe Bryant and Pau Gasol fan before I became a journalist. I loved Kobe and Shaq, but Kobe and Pau were when I was in high school. I did a project on admiring Kobe and how him and Pow would win the championship when I was in the 10th grade. And they did go on to win that year after Kobe and Pow lost in the finals. But Kobe got back to the finals with Pau. Uh, Pow and Kobe got along so well. I mean, you see the way Pow is there for Kobe's family today. They were like literal brothers. It was incredible to see. And Powell was just a force to be reckoned with. He was a seven footer who could run the floor, pass the ball, shoot for mid range, and learned how to dominate inside with Kobe. Um, And no one can forget, you know, the big shots that he hit against the Celtics in the game seven. So that was really something very special to see. And Pau Gasol will forever be a Laker now with his number retired beside his brother Kobe uh, in the rafters forever. It was an emotional evening. He thanked Kobe for inspiring him, said he wished he could be there, knew that he was there watching in spirit. But that's not all I have for this evening because they played a video of Kobe Bryant at the Oscars being interviewed saying that Pau Gasol would have his jersey retired by the Lakers right next to him. And that's exactly the way it went. By the way, Josh Powell was in attendance and I have interviewed him before. So he did agree to come on this podcast for an interview. He won championships with Kobe and Pau. So I'll let you guys know when that's happening, uh, but definitely watch out for that at some point. But that leads me right into my third moment, which for this time, and I'm not always going to do this, But I am going to go with an anniversary because it was so cool to see Kobe at the Oscars. And remember, Kobe Bryant, a professional athlete, actually won an Academy Award. That is an insane feat. I mean, he was the first to do it. He wrote his poem, Dear Basketball, for the Players' Tribune when he was retiring on November 29th, 2015. Retired April 13th, 2016 with a 60-point game. And yeah, Kobe Bryant turned his poem into an Academy Award-winning screenplay. And it was animated by Disney animator, Glenn Keane, who animated films such as The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. He also had John Williams, who did the score for many of Steven Spielberg's movie, arguably the greatest composer of all time, having made the Harry Potter theme, the Indiana Jones theme, the E.T. theme, the Jurassic Park theme. I mean, this guy has been absolutely everywhere. And the Star Wars theme. Don't forget about that. So Kobe collaborated with some goats. And uh, he did it. He won an Oscar. He was up on stage with Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker himself, presenting that award to Kobe. So shout out to the five-year anniversary of Kobe Bryant winning that Oscar um, in 2018 for Dear Basketball for Best Animated Short Film. Really unbelievable stuff. And that is going to lead us into today's entertainment portion where I'm going to do a short one to two-minute recap of all 10 best. Best Picture nominees and this will get you ready for the Oscars. I'll use it to mention the other award nominees and uh, then you'll know all the movies and which ones are must watches as well. I'm going to go over which movies are must watches watches so definitely stay tuned because i have watched all 10 movies so that you don't have to you can know which ones are the best and which ones are worth watching but uh obviously they're all fantastic so let's get right into it here first up is all quiet on the western front this movie was made by netflix it is a war movie about world war one and the german front lines versus France but what's a little bit different than other war movies is that they sort of show the boys who enter the war fraternizing at the beginning and it reminds me a bit of Pinocchio um, the more adult one where they go to Pleasure Island and think it's going to be really great and that was kind of how the war was presented to them it's visually stunning incredible set pieces the makeup is ridiculous Uh, the film was made in German so you're going to have to watch with dubbing and subtitles and that's not ideal, but it's it's a pretty fantastic film. It's violent, it's gritty, it is not the most pleasant watch, but it really illustrates the horrors of war, the business of war and why people keep it going. And uh, yeah, just really how horrible and unnecessary it is Visually stunning. But I think, again, the fact that they show human characters instead of just focusing on war is, is makes it a much more interesting view than some other war movies. So I would say it's not a must-watch per se, but it's a really good movie. If you love more war movies, then it is a must-watch for sure. And it's free on Netflix if you want to check it out. Uh, it's definitely not going to leave you feeling super pleasant, but you will understand, you know, what it's like to be at war and why it's not a great thing to have. Next up, we have Avatar The Way of Water. I actually love this movie more than most people did. Visually, it's the best movie I've ever seen. It raised the bar just like 2009 when James Cameron's first Avatar movie came out. This is the sequel. And some people criticize the screenplay and story. I thought it was an awesome story about family and the complications and the lack thereof and the togetherness. And it was it was wonderful. It was a really great movie. And the visuals are just next level. The sound is just next level. This will have to win for best visual effects. It is the third highest grossing movie of all time. And uh, I I really recommend this. I would say that it is a must watch even at home. And at home, at least you can take a bathroom break from it. Obviously, going back to the world of Pandora and the blue Navi, you know the blue people, as people like to call them, but uh, it's it's just an amazing story. It really, really is, and the visuals are next level. My goodness, they even created a world out of it at Disney World. They have Pandora in Animal Kingdom because it is so visually stunning and immersive and fun to feel like you're part of that world. So I would say Avatar: The Way of Water is definitely a must watch. Not sure it's going to win Best Picture. I will give you my pick at the end of this, but uh, I do think that it's it's going to it's a great movie to watch. Next up, we have The Banshees of Inna Sharon. Again, the Oscar loves to not hate movies that aren't so feel good. Uh, this is about a frayed male friendship between Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. This was directed by Martin McDonough who previously collaborated with Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell on In Bruges and it's very black comedy. Like it's dark, but it's funny. Um, the screenplay is incredible. The Irish accents and the culture and- And the visuals of Ireland really add to the story as well. Some great characters in there. And uh, it's not particularly a feel-good, but it's short. It's entertaining. It's funny. It shows, you know, the phrase of male friendships and what's going on in the village and sort of how they try to work together. And uh, it's, it's a great movie. I don't know if I'd say it's a must watch. If you like dark comedy or black comedy, it is a must watch, I would say. Uh, It's very entertaining. Colin Farrell is nominated for Best Actor. I don't think he will win. I do think this movie could win Best Screenplay, though. But regarding Best Actor, man, that is between Austin Butler and Brendan Fraser. And my personal pick, I think Austin Butler as Elvis. He embodied him. He talks like Elvis now. He can't stop himself. And with the death of Lisa Marie Presley, I think that would be a really meaningful moment so that actually leads right into the next movie which is elvis i'm going in alphabetical order here in case you haven't noticed and uh, elvis was a fantastic music biopic about the king of rock and roll elvis presley austin butler's performance is a sight to behold it's really the main centerpiece of the movie and uh, he plays him older he plays him younger he plays him through changing times he plays him mellow he plays him on drugs he does incredible musical performances if you're a music fan you have to see this movie i don't think it'll win best picture but i do think that it's going to win the best actor award Next up, we have everything, everywhere, all at once. And I think that this movie and the next one I'm going to talk about are the two most likely Best Picture contenders. This one will almost certainly win for Best Supporting Actor with Kihi Kwan, who went to the same school as me, USC, uh, as an amazing supporting actor in the movie, playing a variety of roles because this movie takes place in the multiverse. So they go through a majority of universes. and, And the title of the movie is perfect because this movie is everything everywhere all at once it is an absurdist comedy fantasy drama um genre movie that just bends every single genre. There's superheroes and superpowers. Jamie Lee Curtis is nominated for Best Supporting Actors. I mean, this is really a movie worth seeing. It is an absolute must-watch. It's very unique. It's extremely well done. They managed to pack a lot into a short period. There's plenty of great life lessons, so I could not recommend this movie more highly. It's one of the best I've seen in a long time. And the last thing I'll say is that I think Michelle Yeoh is going to win Best actor. It's either her or Kate Blanchett from Tar, I would say. But I think Michelle Yeoh is going to take it home. She was really fantastic in this movie and definitely deserves her award. Which leads me into my other Best Picture nominee that I think could actually win. And that is The Fablemans, directed by the GOAT, Steven Spielberg, about his own life after his parents passed away you know, it definitely made him feel a sense of mortality. He wanted to A, memorialize them and show who they were and how they impacted him. And B, provide something people can look at about his own growing up years. Uh, he is already 74 years old. So, you know, we got to appreciate Spielberg. Well, we can. He's a very young 74. He'll be around for a while, I think. But, uh, you know, he he's not a super young director at the beginning of his career. But this movie is next level. Oh my goodness. It is just so heartwarming and it shows Spielberg's life and the characters that are real it feels real and it shows you know to always follow your heart and your dreams and what you believe in a way that only Spielberg can but instead of using aliens like an E.T. or Jurassic Park with dinosaurs he uses his own life and shows really what it means to be a director more than I think any movie has because he shows his early beginnings of directing and uh, Michelle williams is nominated for an academy award she was amazing and judd hirsch's scene with him telling him to never let anyone call what he loves to do a hobby is just absolutely next level uh the production design recreating his home how he deals with anti-semitic bullying and uses movies sort of find his way make it through his parents divorce and really follow his own passion is uh it's just a sight to behold it's a really wonderful movie and i think this or everything, everywhere, all at once, deserves to win. I think a Fablemans will win, but those are my two picks for best picture personally. Next up, we have Tar with Kate Blanchett, which is... An amazing look at power uh, just in general. Kate Blanchett plays Lydia Tarr, who is a legendary composer, really getting her flowers, but she's also a teacher and she's very world-renowned and she's sort of operating in ways that you can't really do in modern society today, saying to separate the art from the artist. And because of her behavior, she sort of becomes like a Harvey Weinstein-esque Uh, figure, which is really interesting to see from the female perspective and makes it very non-cliché. And uh, yeah, you see how it affects her and how her sense of power from being so in control and having these titles and positions uh, begins to corrupt her and and where it takes her. And so it's a really amazing and powerful watch. And yes, Kate Blanchett's performance is unbelievable. She very well could win Best Actress. I would not be surprised at all. It's either her or Michelle Yeoh, for sure, in my opinion. Um, I would say that that Tar is a must-watch. And also the Fablemans. If you couldn't tell, I didn't say, but it's definitely a must watch. Um, I would say Tar is a must watch, actually, if you really like those those art house films. It's definitely one of those. So it's it's a must watch, in my opinion. But if you're a casual moviegoer, it's okay to skip it. This one, though, you definitely don't want to skip. top gun maverick we are on our eighth nominee and top gun maverick i'm so happy it got nominated because it was such a feel-good film uh, to see them do it 40 years later tom cruise could have gotten a best actor nomination he was fantastic jerry bruckheimer who's always great with pirates of the caribbean and bad boys is an amazing producer and this is just a feel-good film about never being too old to do what you love and and show people you still got it and also the new generation and how uh how that plays into it because The main character, Miles Teller, other than Tom Cruise, is Tom Cruise's former flying partner, Goose's son. And in the original Top Gun, uh, Goose passed away. Tom Cruise felt very guilty. So that dynamic is just incredible. And them learning to work together with the generational differences and, you know, Maverick sort of being the young gun coming back and teaching now. And it's, it's an amazing movie. It's feel good. It might win a sound award. It's visually stunning. I don't think it will win Best Picture. But, uh, you know, it's definitely a must watch movie. It's really feel good and a very fun time at the movies. Next up, we have Triangle of Sadness. And uh, it's actually not, I mean, it's pretty sad, but it's supposed to be really funny. I would say it's not a must watch. Again, it's pretty black humor. Yes, it's entertaining. um, And it's definitely, it's sort of like, The White Lotus as a darker movie version where you see some of the characters before they go on their cruise And then the cruise goes horribly wrong. And then you see a little bit of what happens after as a few of them go into survival mode. Um, There are some grotesque scenes. It is not for people who get grossed out easily, which usually doesn't lead to Oscar nominations, actually. So very strange one to be nominated. But uh, Woody Harrelson's in it. Funny performance. And if you like social commentary on money in particular, well, knowing that, you know, Hollywood and the people involved are mostly rich and powerful making it um it, it does give some really great commentaries on that and classism so that's an interesting aspect for sure next up we have women Talking, And I would say that this is a must watch, especially with today being International Women's Day. It really, really shows the perspective of women. I think if you are a woman and from what I've heard, read, talked to people, reviews, uh, it's something to really relate to. And for men, I think that there's a lot to be learned about the experience of being a woman that we don't know. It's also highly entertaining and well done, produced by Frances McDormand, uh, the acting legend, and she makes some Cameos, of course, Rooney Mara has a big role and it's basically some women that are on a colony and uh, the men treat them horribly, you know, and so they, they decide that they deserve a better life and they plan to leave and it's very conversational it's not a ton of action but wow is it absolutely gripping it's it's a fantastic screenplay it's nominated for best picture and i don't know that it will win for sure uh, but i hope it wins from best adapted screenplay potentially because it's an amazing movie it is a must watch and uh, definitely, you know, appreciate the, the women in your lives. I appreciate the women in mine. And uh, for the women out there, I hope that you enjoy this podcast as well, because uh, definitely it's for everyone. And this movie is a sign of that and to appreciate the women in our lives for sure. So with that being said, those are all 10 Best Picture nominees. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sky High Sports and Entertainment. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, to support each download episode really helps out. Um, and also, yeah, if you have time for a five star rating or review, that is greatly appreciated. But those subscriptions and downloads will keep this going. Please feel free to follow me at Skyler Treple on Instagram, at Skyler Treple824 on Twitter, and then Skyler Treple on Facebook or LinkedIn. And message me if there's anything you want talked about um, because I really appreciate fan interactions for sure. And appreciate everyone who listens and let me know they listen. I really really appreciate it and definitely tune into the Oscars this weekend. Hopefully no one gets slapped. Yes. I had to say it. Uh, Chris Rock had a great special this weekend and uh, making fun of the Will Smith slap. I mean, that was a shocking thing, but that's a whole story for another time and I want to say last year I got to actually host an Oscars panel so getting to talk about this on my own podcast was really fun and I deeply appreciate the opportunity so definitely check out the Oscars this weekend now you know a lot more about the best pictures and which ones are worth checking out and you'll know more if they win I would say it's the Fablemans or Everything Everywhere All at Once Fablemans is definitely winning best director I would say and I think it should win a best picture award as well. So once again, thank you for tuning in and uh, I will see you all very soon.